Welcome to On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone, joined today by Josh Newberg. Hello, Joshua. Hey, great to be here, Brendan. I <laughs> uh, don't think you actually mean that. All right, so what we're doing this week is an Ask Me Anything edition of On the Bench. We got one with Josh Newberg today. It's an A&A, Ask Newberg Anything. hey You like that? And my plan is, this is like a, this just turned into like a wacky uh weekly talk show like a zany morning show all the sound effects and stuff um but we're gonna have chris knee par- take part of this i think <laughs> we'll see we may have to pressure him into it we'll blowstein do it and then we'll do an ask to know anything as well at the end of this uh just to have fun and get us through the end of may here uh, as june kind of heats up so uh, that's what we're gonna do with this no podcast time, there will be no time for games in the month of june so get them all out of your system. That's now. exactly what we're doing now because June's well, let them know, Josh, why is June going to be busy? I think that's a good starting point before we get to the questions. Cause it's pivotal. <laughs> <laughs> is it more pivotal than May was? Cause we're about, we're going to have about 150 targets between the 2022, 23 and 24 class on campus uh, working out, mainly working out. I think we're going to see a lot of these guys working out, but there are going to be official visits this summer for 2022 prospects Zach Blostein put up a great thread or article, I should say, on Knowles 24-7 this morning. And it's a uh, weekend-by-weekend list of who will be on campus. Go check it out. Yo, let's let's uh, pander to them real quick and ask for their money. If, if you're not a subscriber to Knowles 24-7, now's the time to do it. Get in now. Get ready for all the scoop that we're going to have, all the intel that that Josh and Zach and Chris are going to have in the month of June for all the, for all the recruiting stuff. Um, it's real easy. Go to the front page of Knowles 24 seven. There's a little green icon in the upper right-hand corner that says join, click on that. There's some sort of promo going on where you can get it for a month for a dollar or something like that. But uh, it's right there on the front page of Knowles 24 seven. All right. All right. Let's enough, go. Enough pandering. So this, this past week, Last time we talked on Monday, Josh, we kind of introduced Kane Madden to our audience, the offensive line transfer, All-American, second-team All-American offensive line transfer from Marshall. He's in the portal. FSU is hot and heavy with him. And this past week, since we first introduced him and you know, players were tweeting about him and and trying to – no, was it Monday? No, maybe on Thursday. Because, yeah, we did a late-week one. That's right. So it was only on Thursday. So lots happened since – since then. So not only have FSU players kind of gone all in on Kane Madden and we had intel that he was really appreciative of it and uh, having conversations with, with Alex Atkins, the recruitment since then over the weekend, Josh, it it really heated up. So I'm going to ask you to just kind of recap what happened in the past, like, I was going to say like three or four days or so for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into all of it. Um, yesterday, I put out a report on Knowles 24-7 that uh, Kane Madden had scheduled an official visit to Florida State on June 1st. He'll take that as soon as the dead period ends. It could be on the second, could be on the first, but FSU is going to get his first visit as soon as the dead period ends. Um, he's thinking about taking more, but we'll see. I've uh. said, I've said on this, I think I said on this pod, or maybe I said on the message board that Kane Madden wants to take multiple visits, but every school that gets him on campus, especially the first one or two schools, they're going to get him to try to shut it down immediately mm-hmm. and not go take any more visits. Why not? Uh, it's it's a transfer. It's somebody that you want to add to your roster and then and then just keep it moving. Um, it's been fun, though. Matt, not all transfer recruitments are the same. Um, and we've seen some of Madden's recruitment play out over social media. Like you said, Brandon, it started with players expressing interest in him 
kind of right when he hit the portal. We talked about that on Thursday. Oh, did it hurt anybody's feelings? Forget everybody's feelings. <laughs> FSU is going all out for Kane Madden. Over the weekend, um, was this yesterday? No, Saturday. Saturday afternoon, the hashtag Kane Madden to tally started <laughs> trending nationally over the weekend. Not just not just nationally, but like at the same time, LeBron James was trending, <laughs> Will Bow Wow was trending, and Kane Madden to tally was trending. What the <laughs> And it's an effective recruiting tool because we know for a fact that Kane Madden and I'm pretty sure his family, like they are aware of that platform and that's something that they're valuing. Uh, so I, I think that FSU, uh, you saw the coaches retweeting it. They can't directly like do anything on social this, media too. This, Kane Madden, didn't, but- this, this wouldn't matter if he didn't, th- this effort wouldn't be taking place if it didn't matter. Right. It matters because they know he values it. And it matters because this recruitment, while we, I put in my crystal ball yesterday, Josh, and I think Zach did uh, either last night or this morning. Uh, we f- are feeling good about where FSU is with this, but they're still recruiting. Oh, I was going to do a show pick. That's right. Oh, you want to do it? I might as well. I mean, ask as, as an Ask Newberg anything, do you want to do a show pick for Kane Madden? No pressure. I think I'm going to do a show pick before that. I got to pull it up on online and everything. I wasn't prepared for this, to be honest with you. This just kind of, it was a spur of the moment show pick. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it all lines up. How funny was it to see the, the Kane Mandatali stuff just start going? I mean, it was hilarious. And you people tried getting it going, I guess, earlier in the week. There were some people on Twitter and it turned into a fight. Like, oh, I was the first one to do this. I was the first one. But really the one who got well, Shout it- out to Peach. Peach, Seminole Peach, who is a, I mean, he's one of the most entertaining and I think noticeable members of FSU Twitter. Like he was, he was kind of like a passionate. Don. Yeah, he's very passionate. Uh, but like he was an OG with the the FSU Twitter, like back when it was like FSU Twitter, right? Like when it was a thing mm-hmm. back in the day and he's still a, a very vocal part of that. Uh, but he got it going on Saturday afternoon. Um, wasn't the first one to do it, but it was really his kind of his, his string of, of asking the FSU fan base to get into it that started it. And then where, where I think it got like flames to the fire, fire to the flames, mm-hmm. fuel to the fire, fuel to the fire is what we're talking about, Josh. As the coaches started liking it and retweeting that, Mike Marvell was doing it, Kenny Dillingham, and all of a sudden players start doing it and everyone got in on it. And that was the result. That was that was what they wanted. I think Kenny retweeted like 350 <laughs> Kane Madden to Tallies. He's since deleted them so that you can kind of see oh. his timeline a little bit more, but... <laughs> I think he retweeted about 350 and that all happened on Saturday around 1 PM is when it started. And when I woke up on Sunday morning, I clicked on the hashtag Kane Madden tally and there was 4,300 tweets under that hashtag. I had people who were getting pissed off because they did it really early on. And I was like, they were like one of the first, like in the first 20 minutes or so to do it. And they start getting notifications when everyone else was hitting the hashtag, Josh, I guess that's how their notifications were set up to where they had to turn off notifications. Cause it was just too much. Like they were just getting something every other, like every other second. Yeah. And I noted this in my scoop piece on Sunday that I think this is really interesting to watch. And like I said, I don't think it's a coincidence. Um, I think that this type of social media campaign that FSU is doing is sort of a test run because I think it could become a template in recruiting moving forward into the age of the NIL, Mm -hmm. name, image, likeliness. 
likeness like likeness, likeness. yes yeah. say it, no say it. As, i want you to say it i don't um, know if you can especially for prospects like madden you got to think he's a one and done guy right he was mm-hmm. a walk-on at marshall he is starting to get recognition from scouts and from people that he could be like an NFL type guy, but you make this transfer to improve your stock as a football player. But nowadays moving into this new age of NIL, you could be boosting your stock as a brand. And now Florida Florida state can say to Kane Madden or a prospect like this, where something, something like this happens. Hey, you got 5,000 retweets in a day, 24 hours, you know, if, and, and you can teach them and show them how this could help their brand, if that's something that is in play for them. Um, so I think this was a really interesting weekend. And I, I don't think that this is the last hashtag campaign that we see this summer for Florida State. So one or two things with the hashtag campaign, and, and then we can kind of move on to, to the ask Newberg anything um, aspect of this. All right, one, oh no, okay, they're kind of related. I'm, I'm workshopping how I want to ask this here, but but I think they're kind of related. Uh, and I'm not even going to ask you a question, Josh. I'm going to say statements and let you respond to it. I know I'm rambling here, so I'm going to go fast. Ramble fast. If this doesn't work, it looks bad. Yes. I mean, it looks bad is like for those people that are paying attention. Right. Like if you packed Oak with 80,000 people for the Notre Dame game, how many how many of those fans are going to know right. that it would be happen. a short lived, but like, think about like what UF Twitter or Miami Twitter. I think it would be disappointing. Day. Yes, okay. it would. Okay. It would be disappointing. So I there's a little bit of a calculated risk taking mm-hmm. that a step further. Uh, there are two different camps. There are some people who think that this is being done as a recruiting tactic to convince Kane Madden to finish off his recruitment and commit to Florida state, that this is a part of the arsenal of your recruiting process intact. There are others who think that this is more a, a PR move by by Florida State uh, to try to build momentum for when he goes public to think that he already is committed and that this would just make it magnified and look even better that, hey, we put all this energy and time into recruiting him and make it a big fireworks show whenever that happens. Where are you within that? Because you haven't put in the crystal ball yet. You don't think he's committed, committed yet, do you? No, if he was committed and committed, I would tell you. Um, I know what's happening and you know, this is by those coaches inside of the Moore center, like they're looking at this right now to see if this is going to work. Um, if they knew it was going to work, yeah. they'd be doing it all the time. You'd see it done all the time. You don't really see this in recruiting um, at least to this magnitude, certainly not for a transfer. So I'm telling you right now that, that, that you know, they don't know and they're hoping it does. I feel good about it. You know, I'm about to put a crystal ball pick in. I said, even before the visit was set, I said, the key to watch here is who gets the first, maybe second visit. Those first two visits were going to be key to me in who leads this recruitment. And then yesterday I reported Florida State got the first visit. So um, I feel good about putting a crystal ball in, but by no means is the recruitment over. I mean, I know one of the objectives for when Kane Madden gets on campus is to get him to shut down his recruitment. Mm-hmm. If the recruitment was shut down already, there wouldn't be that pressing need. There wouldn't be a need to get him to campus. You, you could just, this could all be done. Um, I I went with the crystal ball, Josh, just because I think FSU, I would take FSU over the field right now. 
So that was my logic. I think right now, I think FSU, I don't know, like, other than, like, what, Virginia Tech we've said maybe right now, like, who the other, like, real player is for him. And then you couple that with him getting that first visit. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I I think it's all trending to FSU. This has been the hardest thing for me in covering this transfer is he's, he's a considerably important transfer, but there's no other articles on any other team sites. Or even in the FSU market, like anything that comes out, breaking news, it comes out on our platform than others. But there's no other team sites. Um, I, I know Virginia Tech's involved. We've seen no reports out of there. And I, I know Auburn's involved to an extent, but I, I've been told that, you know, they might not. They're, they're still going back and forth with them. No visits set up yet. But outside of that, I haven't really gotten a concrete name. And I know Virginia... I know Virginia Tech's recruiting them hard, but I don't, Virginia Tech just isn't a great recruiting staff. And you can just tell that the way FSU is recruiting him is on another level or two, or two compared to Virginia Tech. So that's why I feel good about putting my crystal ball pick in right now. Now, there could be another team or two that swoops in, an SEC program I keep hearing about. But until then, I, you know, as of this point, there is not. So. Yeah. He's got one one visit that we know of right now that we're we're expecting him to take, and I think that's important part of this puzzle. And another reason why I'm confident in putting the crystal ball pick. There's just no one else that's jumped out yet. Yeah, um, it could still happen, but I think that's all bodes well for FSU. So I think FSU over the field as of today. I um, agree with that. Okay. So going from Kane Madden. Oh, before we get to the ask Newberg anything, the ANA. Uh, real quick. There was a little bit of portal activity on FSU's end. Offensive tackle Chaz Neal entered the transfer oh, yeah. portal, uh, so that the Chaz Neal era at Tallahassee in Tallahassee is is over. Josh, we thought at one point that we might get something out of it. Remember, there's like uh, two one... off season, two off seasons in a row. Man, I had people telling me like he looks like physically he's growing. And... He did a great job of coming in and putting on yeah mass, the, and that the... got everybody excited. But the mass didn't. Um... It just couldn't turn it around. It was one of the more it was, it was the most questionable take that I saw during my eleven years of covering Florida State recruiting. Uh, don't you're skipping ahead on some questions I wanted to ask uh, you for the, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I was going to go on two ends of the spectrum there, but um, yeah, I was going to go beginning and end stuff. We'll save it, but but that was kind of I remember. I mean, Chris Knee was besides himself with the the offer. Then they couldn't figure out whether he was a defensive end or offensive tackle and. And the yeah. thing about Chaz too is like he he tried really like his effort was not an issue. Um, his size ended up not being an issue. Like he had the frame and he put on weight. He was fairly strong. He just technically couldn't put it together at offensive tackle at a position to need. It wasn't someone who's supposed to be playing this early in his career, uh, but just looks like he'll, he'll look for another home. And uh, good luck to Chaz because by all accounts, like he he did work really hard and try to do things the right way. Just just probably was not a. FSU is probably too big of a school, I guess, for or too big of a program for his skill set and, and developmental needs physically. So we'll leave it at that and go to Ask Newberg Anything. You ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. You know what? Commercial break, and then we'll do it. Be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to On the Bench. We are beginning our Ask Me Anything series, starting with Ask Newberg Anything. We'll see if Chris Nee uh, participates. Public pressure. Ready for this, Berg? Yeah, you want rapid fire out of me? Uh, You know what? We'll just go with the flow and kind of see where it takes us. And I got about... Two dozen questions from the listeners. I got some myself I want to ask you, so we'll just kind of see how it goes. I, I will say this. Uh, Byer Sinone, the questions need to be better from the users. So you're saying that the... I'm asking you, Byer Sinone. You've seen some of them. like Byer oh, oh, the questions I thought were terrible, but let's get to them. <laughs> All right. There's some good ones in here, though. Uh, but yeah, p- pick it up. Ber- Berg's a pro, and he'll be able to carry us this one. All right. This is from Big Noel Drip. Smoked fish spread or cheeseburgers from Ted Peters? Where's Ted Peters, Josh? I have no idea. Uh, Ted Peters is on Gulf Boulevard on the way out to St. Pete Beach. It's been there for about 60 years since there, since Gulf Boulevard was a dirt road. And they are known for their smoke fish. It was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. And um, they're known for their smoke fish, but they have the best cheeseburger in town. So I'll go with the cheeseburger. Ooh, I'm going to St. Pete this week. I might have to do that. You might bring cash, cash only. Okay, good to know. I have some. Uh, Indy Seminole 59 asks, at what point do you continue the Facebook Lives and on the bench instant reaction? Well, we have an OTB instant reaction, right? Yeah, we don't do the OTB instant reactions. We just do those for the games. Right, but they want they want the Facebook Lives to be back. Do you have any well, intention of doing that? No, the Facebook Lives ended when the podcast started. Oh, like that wasn't true. really a coincidence. So I'm doing what two hours of podcasting a week with OTB, mm-hmm. and I was doing you know half hour, forty five minutes a week of Facebook Lives. So you get you actually get more of me now. What do you think is more productive, like for a user experience? Like, what do you think is getting more out of out of users? The Facebook or is it the podcast? Oh, the Facebook Lives for sure. Really? Yeah, I well, think so. so. Why don't you do those? I think people really enjoyed those. I mean, you, you really hammed it up and like made those fun and, and embraced it. Um, but Facebook Live like isn't as big of a thing. Like the algorithm isn't as if um, like remember our company like like twenty four seven like a few years ago it was all about the Facebook Lives and like the that's a good point. It, it yeah. seems like that the algorithm I don't has know changed. If Facebook was faking views or what, but some of those Facebook Lives were getting eighty thousand views. I don't know if they were, I mean, maybe they were faking them. There was a lot of questions coming through there though. So like, I mean. Yeah, that's true too. There was like 30,000 questions yeah. if I went on during the Willie Taggart search. If I went on, um, if I went on for 15 minutes, there'd be about 2,500 questions. All right. Well, now, now you guys ask all your questions on the Knowles 24-7 message board and we answer them here on On the Bench. And we make fun of you sometimes if they're not very good. But here's a good one. Hofflin22 asks, Indica or Sativa? I don't even know. What, what are those, Josh? Indica. <laughs> if you know, you know. Bloom24 asks, what would your overall feeling be on the offensive line if we landed Madden to go along with Gibbons? So, I'd feel better. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah. like, how much better? A lot better. 
All right, let me ask it to you this way. A scale of one to 10, like what would you say the offensive line is at five being an average power five offensive line? Where is it at today? And what would it be with Kane Madden? Scale of one well, to 10. They're at a, they're at a five. They're at a five. Five? <laughs> they're average? Yeah, so you think they're five average? I, yeah, would, I would say so? a four or so myself, but you know. Yeah, I was going to go maybe four and a half. So I don't know. It bumps them to like a 5.7 okay. in my mind. So it gets them up a tier is what we're saying. Yeah. All right. Savannah Bandana asks, Kane Madden is an anagram for nice and mad. Please discuss and interpret. <laughs> That's your thing. I did I actually know. I did actually look up the <laughs> as you're asking me anything. I don't want to I don't want to ruin it by me being a weirdo. Uh Doc White asks, name FSU's five best offensive linemen, and do you find a way to start them regardless of position specific? So you got Robert Scott, DLT, um, Madden is three. You're counting them. I mean, we've all crystal balled them at this point. Did you you put it in? By the time this show airs, yes, I will have it in. Because I'm going to write a little story with it. So I'll write that when we get off the pod. Um, Who's snapping? Maurice Smith is supposed to be yeah, snapping. So, so he's your four, and then uh, Darius Washington's your five. Okay. So Gibbons, uh, not starting for you in that? M- maybe first man out. Okay. First man and out. Did you have Pope in there? Did you have Pope in your? You had, you had Robert, Robert Scott, Scott, DLT, Kane Madden, Madden, Maurice Smith, and Darius Washington. Yeah. I mean, so Pope and Gibbons. So – I will yeah. say, like, isn't that that's the no, value? I didn't have Pope in there. No, you didn't have Pope in there. Um, but that is the value of if you take one more offensive lineman, is that like puts uh, much less pressure on say whether whoever that seventh guy is is much better than where it was like a year ago. Yeah, and I don't think Gibbons is afraid to compete for the center position either. So he could be, you know, he's he's kind of a wild card. Savvy Knowles wants to know saltwater croc versus great white. Who are you taking in a fight and why? A great white. It's right? it's the size of a bus. I think it depends on like the depth of the ocean, right? What's a croc going to do to a great white? I don't care what the depth of the ocean is. I mean, I think, hang, I think I've seen some I don't videos. Care if it's four feet. Saltwater croc versus a crocodile is not taking down a great white in any in any match. There's a video here on Animal Planet, a uh, animal face off. A great white would just give a crocodile a ride. Here's where Reddit says a great white could outrun a saltwater crocodile and rip it apart easily in deep water. Easily. If the fight is in shallow water, that's what I said. Water depth. The crocodile takes it. Absolutely not. Ritzy rubs asks favorite bar and tally as a student and your favorite one now. Well, now I don't really have one after the summer of 2016, but um... Did, have we shared that? We shared that on the podcast <laughs> last year, right? Uh, kind of. Yeah. We alluded to it. Let them just let them know how it ends. Like Tarantino, it. let them know no, how it just, ends. It was a night. Of, it, it was a night at Bullwinkles. It <laughs> ended with me throwing up in the morning, th- thinking that I threw up blood only to find out hours and hours later that at some point we stopped for donuts and I had red velvet donuts the night before. Uh, and a little donut everything. kingdom, a little donut <laughs> kingdom action. <laughs> but anyway, that that's neither here nor there. Uh, when I was there is AJ's. Okay. And I also lived across the street from the palace. So I probably took the palace for granted just because I lived across the street all five years of college. Um, but AJ's was the spot for us. 
RIP AJ's pour one out. So they had uh, the shitty wheel specials. That was when you would spin it and whatever it would land on, you'd get that for an hour. They also had flipping Tuesdays. So if you ordered shots on Tuesdays, you would say you ordered five shots, you would flip a quarter five times and whatever you get wrong, you pay for whatever you get right, you get for free. Oh, that's that sounds like fun. If you ordered 10 shots, you just flip a quarter 10 times and figure out what you got to pay for. Did you go to the palace a lot when you were there mm-hmm. or you just you skipped it because you you knew its reputation? Like it wasn't worth the proximity. No, we went all the time. We went on oh, Thursdays. Okay. It was mug night. Um, it was more of like we definitely went every Thursday to the palace. And then it was more of like an after hours or like we'd come back home and walk over to the palace type place. Kind of like home base. The Apex Null asks, why the hell did you guys hire Bud up? We don't want that question in there. Oh, obviously for the blue chip ratio article. I mean, Bud does national stuff for us, so I don't understand. Yeah, yeah he's not. He's we not wanted the rights to the blue chip article. <laughs> we got it. Uh, Andy's got me on the, the the Cover 3 podcast coming up too, so he's helped enhancing my personal brand as well. You guys check that out, I think, next month. AVFO3, Light C is to Chris Nee as Blank is to Berg. Who's Light C? AJ Lightsey. Uh, so who's okay. my guy? Uh, okay. Who are you in love with this cycle? Is that what we're asking? Yeah. Who's my guy? Who is your guy? Hmm. Kane Madden. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm not letting you off the hook. It's going to be 2022. Why? Oh, okay. Um, I would say Elijah Pritchett. Okay. Good call. He's the guy I'm rooting for. Sunday Gold asks, all right, Sunday Gold came strong. I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, there were some questions. I was like, yeah, Sunday Gold. Good job. Which of your colleagues are glass half full and which are your glass half empty personalities? I mean, is this, isn't it quite obvious? Chris Nee would be the glass half empty at sometimes, at times. No, no, all the time. Um, You are kind of glass in the middle. You worry about where the water's at. (laughs) (laughs) I would say Zach is a glass half full because he's still young and naive i would say i'm a glass half full kind of kind of guy too sunday gold would you support storming the field after a major upset no i think that's beneath fsu yeah i mean i went to florida state when we were disappointed when florida state was still you know when chris ricks and them were still winning acc championships we were disappointed in that we weren't storming the field for any big wins we're too big, you know, you got to know where, where you stand in this whole college football universe. And Florida State is not one of those teams that should be storming the field after a win. Mm, act like you've been there before kind of deal, huh? They have been there before. What do you mean? I'm saying act like you've been there before. Do you think they should storm the field? I think the only the only way they should storm the field is if you upset number one Clemson and you all surround Dabo Sweeney, an organized event, and go, Dr. Dabo. Over and over again. I think that is another reason why they should not storm the field. <laughs> That's the only way I'd support that. Forever Knowles asks, when will the rosters be updated? Asking for a friend. <laughs> we do not. That's a third-party company um, that CBS, for some reason, outsources to for the data for the for the rosters, the stats, and all that. So we do not have any control over that. Going back to the half full, half empty type of deal, like, those questions irritate myself and more so irritate Chris knee more than mm-hmm. it does anyone else. Like by and far, like 
you just see that and think it's comical, right? But Chris gets like legitimately annoyed at it. Yeah, but do we tell the people that we don't have control over it? Because yeah. if they understood that, then I don't think they would they would say anything. Oh no, we that message has been articulated many a time. Really, Miss Gregory TBH, it's a really good username. Ask what recruiters on the staff have the most juice on the recruiting trail. I don't want to alienate. Mm. So let's just do a top three, Josh. Like, who are your top three like juice? Who who are the juice man's top three juiciest coaches? Well, this is all premature because we haven't truly seen them close yet. I mean, the pandemic year was what it was. So this year we're going to see how they can close. And ask me this again at the end of the year, but my my mid cycle juice rankings would go hmm i would go alex atkins kenny dillingham marcus woodson one two three not that anyone asked me but i think that's correct how about how about an honorary number four let's see who who would your who would your sneaky number four be jp coach yeah there you go all right we're on the same page here we're on the same page Knowles, chris 2020 asked josh can you make Brendan start uploading on the bench to YouTube? Mm. Pay me more. <laughs> Don't say that to them. That's not, he's not saying it to you guys, the listeners. It shouldn't be. It should be within our job scope of doing these things. But for some reason, it's not. It's just a lot of extra time for like not a lot of extra. Like it's a small scope of people who I think would watch it. And it takes like. And we'd least, have to edit some of it. Yep. And because we say things. And Sometimes right now I'm wearing like a tank top and a bandana. I look like an idiot. Like I would have to actually like look presentable or else people would make fun of me even more than they already Well, do. I don't think that matters. But even if it took a half hour to edit and upload, we do two podcasts a week. That's an hour a week. That's, you know, it just, it, it adds up. Yep. But, but listen, I think we may actually be going in that direction. I think we just need a little mm-hmm. bit of help to do it uh, with someone who, who is good at video editing and can do it quicker than like, that's not, yeah. I don't know how to do it. Josh, we could do it. It would just take us a while to do it. Cause it's not second nature. Um, we're on the same page. NYC null 92. This is right up your alley, Josh. What are your favorite cryptocurrencies, Berg? Well, I only own three, but one of them's Dogecoin, mm-hmm. but I have Ethereum and Litecoin. So I would say that those are my favorites. <laughs> just the ones you own currently. Mm-hmm. Did you well, buy today? No, uh, Vanguard won't let me. We got to get you in the game. Vanguard All right, what's won't next? Swivel No asks, besides QB, what position group will improve the most? Any spec stocks you have your eye on? Um, Let's take the quarterback one first before, or the position wait, group first. Yeah. So what position group? Well, I think they need to Will improve the most. Improve. Which one will be I, the most improved? On the field or in recruiting? Is he talking about... I think he means on the field, like, because this person's assuming that McKenzie. Well, it's got to be wide receiver. I mean, bringing in Andrew Parchment, bringing in Destin Hill are two guys who, you know, we've talked about FSU's roster, and I feel like they have a bunch of number three wide receivers on the roster. So we need some ones and twos. And by the looks of it, maybe Malik McClain could fill in in a a two spot by the middle or end of the season. He seems like he's really come on Joshua Burrell as well. Um, but I think the wide receiver unit will step up. I think they have to get better for this offense to take the next step. We got a couple of questions as we've been recording this podcast, and uh, I like both of these. Uh, now they're bringing it. I challenged them a little bit on the message board, Josh, and they responded. Starting with TB3Golf714, who would you rather re- get run over by, a healthy Dan Kendra or Greg Jones? 
Probably Dan Kendrick, just so you could go down with the legend. Like you'd be a part of it. <laughs> the Dan Kendrick legend. I got to Port State, I think, the year after he left. But I was there when Greg Jones was there. The proposition of tackling Greg Jones is horrifying. Yeah. But I'd want to, but Dan Kendra was like an enigma, like a legend. I, 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 that never, that never really came to. So maybe just to say you got ran over by Kendra, a healthy Dan Kendra. I'm trying to like, but isn't there like, are you not afraid of like getting actually hurt by either of those guys? I'm going to get hurt by both of them. Okay. Fair enough. Severely. (laughs) So you just want the good story to be part of it too. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Like I'm never going to be better. It's never going to be a better Greg Jones story than the hit on the UNC DB. So. Right. Right. So you can be part of something else with the Dan Kendra legacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I get it. It makes sense. Uh, Timmy toe tap asks if Kane Madden jumps on board, which you're now prognosticating. uh, What are your thoughts on Dante Lucas sticking around? I think, I think he stick, I think he sticks around. Um, Beyond this season, I guess it would be his decision based on how much playing time he gets and what role he carves out for himself. But okay. I don't, I don't think he would leave. Based on that, it's not something that I've heard. I mean, you never know. But no, I put you in a position there to uh, speculate recklessly, and uh, thank you for partaking. Uh, Swivel No asks any. Oh, does going back to the second part? Any spec stocks you have your eye on right now? Some cannabis stocks. If you listen to the worst stock show, it mm-hmm. dropped on iTunes this morning. Um, there's reason for optimism in the cannabis industry with uh, what's going on in Congress right now. CCD Ray 27 asks, if you had to choose, would you rather get a buyer snow question or a question about Keon Joyner, Shavar Manuel, and Manny Rogers? <laughs> well, I, I feel like I'm going to get those questions anyway. You're going to get buyer's known questions, too. I'm going to get them both anyway. I'd rather have a, a, a buyer's known. You like buyer's known questions, depending on who's asking them. Depending no, on who's asking. RDCO2D asks, roughly, how long does it take for KCAMP to make an edit? A couple hours. I think there's been times where we know a commit, you know, we're waiting on an edit and it's usually what, like two, three, two, three hours max. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds Probably about, right. about that. Yeah. If he wants to get it done, he gets it done pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Now these are questions I have for you, Josh. I only have a few written down, but we're, we're winding down here. Have you enjoyed this to date? Yeah. And shout out to all those guys that do the edits for Florida state. I saw them out at, um, out at the Tampa camp. They're always working. That's a, that's a great crew that Florida State put together. Yeah, it was a good allocation of resources for sure. Oh, let's start off there, Josh. Like, what what do you think if you had to pick one dynamic now that you've got a chance to see the staff in action a little bit in person, which the you know, first year of the pandemic uh, made that kind of difficult, but now you've seen a little bit starting this off season. You're obviously going to see more with June camps coming up. But what do you think is the one aspect of this staff that gives you like the most level of optimism moving forward? Like the one characteristic of this staff? Yeah, the, the one, one overarching trait. They're like, oh, yeah, th- like this is why if, if FSU gets back, it'll be because of this reason of what these guys do well. It's because they have almost everybody on the same page moving in the same direction. And mm-hmm. we've seen that in the past that when guys are not moving in the same direction, it takes away from the efficiency and the effectiveness of a program. And I saw 
back in 2010, 2011, and 2012, what can happen when a staff all moves in the same direction. Um, I'm seeing that now, and that gives me optimism. I mean, they got to get better players. That That's the bottom line. They're not there yet. Just because a staff moves together in the same direction doesn't guarantee that they're going to win a national championship. You still got to go out and get the guys. But I do see – I do see everybody on the same page. This is going to be kind of in line with, with that question and goes back to when you were trying to pull a Christine and spoil it for me earlier. Uh, you going back to the Jimbo days. Uh, what was the moment you realized early on there that something special is brewing? Like, was there one single instance or like span that was like, yeah, this, this could be really, really great. And then conversely, was there a time towards the end that, or even a little bit before the end that started kind of ringing alarms, like in your mind, like, Oh, this isn't going in a good direction. Well, originally Jimbo, Eddie, Grand, James Coley, they all thought, and I say originally, cause I started in 2010, they all thought 2012 was going to be the year. Cause that was EJ Manuel's senior year. So they were all kind of like gearing up for 2012 to be the year but the way that they recruited and everything, you kind of got to see that they were loading up on on some really good young players. And they also had Jameis Winston and the buzz coming out of his redshirt season. Um, that summer, I felt like that summer was uh, the turning point. Just just hearing it in everybody's voices because they weren't really disappointed in, the, in not fulfilling EJ Manuel's season. Um, they knew that wow we really got something special here and I think it was kind of that summer and I know um I think I talked to Kenny Shaw on, on a podcast and he said when he went out for seven on seven that summer that was kind of when it when it hit him as well like seeing oh crap this is the roster <laughs> we're gonna be all right and then what about the other side of that when and obviously we could play uh you know hindsight could be 2020 but like after which dip? I feel like there's been. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So, <laughs> I mean, at what point did you realize that they weren't getting back to national title contention under Jimbo? <laughs> when Willie Taggart told me that to put out a Deion Sanders report. That he oh, might no, be. is it under Jimbo? Under, oh, Jimbo. under Jimbo. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably around the time Brad Walling was brought up. <laughs> so it kind of goes back to the Chaz Neal recruitment that you were trying to get at earlier. I, yeah, I just think that they're, they're Jimbo stopped really caring about the dynamic of his staff, the way that he cared about it when he put it together originally. Okay, that makes sense. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Would you ever own you? You had a dog when you were like what in your teens and twenties? When I was at Florida State, I got okay. a I got a dog when I was eighteen when I was a freshman at Florida State. Would you ever get another dog, or was just the the one like was that? I got so close to him. Um, he was my like he was my dog all through college. Lived with me up at, in Tallahassee, and then when I moved to Tampa, he lived with me. And then I put him down when he was eight years old, and mm -hmm. I think I was like twenty six or twenty seven, and it was hard. I would only get a dog like if I got my girlfriend a dog, and or if I got had kids and it was their dog. I would need some sort of buffer between me and the me and the dog. That does happen to a lot of people where like it's so hard losing a dog that like they just can't do it again because it is such right. a brutal process. Um, but then like my my wife and I got one like seven months after we lost our our pup because like that hole in your heart was like so big too. So there's different ways. But I'm glad you're not a cat person. No, still no cat. 
Would you get a cat? Like if Allison wanted to bring home a cat, would you allow that to happen? No. If you had a real life strength, so like an actual legitimate strength, Josh, that grew into a superpower. So like something that you're good at now that just became like so magnified, so dialed in, like that you were a superhero because of this power. What what would that strength be? Like what are you so good at that could become a superpower? Knowing where teenage teenagers are gonna go to college. <laughs> you're almost a superhero in that regard, anyways, huh? Pretty much. What would your name be? What would your superhero name be? The Oracle. <laughs> All right. Same question. If you, and you're having to put together your, your super friends. So would the superpower be for Chris Nee? Oh, uh, Chris Nee would be the ability to sit on a bench anywhere. <laughs> All of a sudden, just there's a bench. A bench appears. Okay. What would his, what would his name be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> bench. He's already super. He's already super. Bencho. Uh, Zach Blossom, what would his super strength be? Zach is like, <sighs> Zach's just, he's everywhere at once, you know? He's like Superman. He can fly at a, a thousand miles an hour to from one practice to another. So Zach Blossom is, is Superman and Chris needs superheroes to sit on a bench. <laughs> yeah. All right, what would my super strength be? No, I don't mean, I don't really think you'd have a super strength. Right. Oh, it would be funny if you were super strong. Like if you walked around the way that you look and then you were just super strong, that'd be pretty funny. Are you saying I'm scrawny? Yeah. No. Why do you think on the bench works well sometimes? Like what works about it? Mm, I think I get on there and shake it up a little bit and make you guys interesting. Like you guys, you guys got some good info and there's some, there's some good stuff coming, but then I feel like it gets a little boring and I know right when it gets boring, I got to ask a question or <laughs> light this thing on fire somehow. It does work. It does all work with you kind of stirring the straw. Because podcasts come down to two things. I've always said this. You got to be entertaining or informative. And if you can be, be both, then you got something special. So I think that we can be informative mostly and a little bit entertaining. So. Okay, last question. Buyers to own, buyers to own. I buy it as long as you are making up the, and not pawning it off on our listeners. <laughs> okay, so if you have, so we're going to continue to ask me anything to kind of get to know about all of us here on, on the bench during a slow part of season. Uh, who do you want to interview? How do you want me to set this up? Who, who do you want to talk to? I want to interview my protege. Zach Blaustein. Zachariah. Okay. All right, we'll set it up for you to be able to interview Zach later this week. All right. All right. Signing off. All right. For Josh Newberg, I'm Brendan Sinone. This has been On the Bench. Uh, Five-star reviews, please. We'll, uh, yeah, no, you know what? No, yeah. Five-star reviews. I want some. Give them to me. Give them to me. We'll talk to you guys later this week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 